David Perry is our 640 Toronto law enforcement analyst. David, welcome to the show. You know, uh, the reason why I reached out to you today is because there's a video circulating and it was shot by someone in their condo tower of this. uh, it, It appears to show Toronto police and a Toronto police cruiser running over a suspect reportedly carrying a knife. Now, um, the police were responding uh, to a report of a man with a knife in the area of Bathurst Street and King Street West. You know, at any um, on any day, that is a scary proposition. And uh, there were reports that he tried to rob someone. But when we looked at the video uh, that's been posted online, it seems like there is a disproportional amount of cops, like 10 to the one um a person with the knife is that is that normal to you that number it is and it's never disproportional when somebody's armed with a weapon and i watched the video several times and you can see that he was armed with a very large knife in his right hand and so the thing we all have to understand is that first of all in the case that we saw on video with a guy with a large knife advancing on police officers they are justified at that point to use lethal force And what I really liked about watching this video is to see the amazing amount of restraint that the officers used. There were several times where they were justified in using lethal force. They could have shot the suspect and they didn't. And I can I can probably guess at the reasons why they didn't. I got an email from a a cop that listens to the show, and I do appreciate whenever our, our listeners email. And he basically said a similar thing. And he said, we can use our vehicle as a tool to apprehend or arrest someone without using a more lethal tool, that being the gun. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Because he was hit by a car, and I think he sustained some injuries, uh, but he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. So that tells you that, you know, the amount of force that, in my opinion, that was used was more than appropriate. Again, a lethal force situation. When the, when the video starts, you see how quickly he was advancing on one officer who retreated and was justified at that moment to use lethal force. They didn't. I saw another officer with a uh, with an assault rifle in close quarters when he advanced uh, on him. He chose not to use lethal force. My guess is that every officer on scene recognized they probably had a mental health issue. And right. so this wasn't an armed robber fleeing the scene or something like that, and they wanted to use as much restraint as possible. But fortunately, he presented himself, the suspect did, in a way that he advanced in front of a moving police car. And, you know, here's the question you have to ask yourself. What force would you be willing to use as a police officer to protect your brother and sister officers from being killed by somebody like this? And I, I, would, I would argue that the, the amount of force used, although shocking and hard to watch, was very appropriate. Yeah. D- d- does this also speak to the fact that there were 10 officers speak to how quickly cops are able to respond to uh, a, a call when um, there's no traffic in the city? Oh, yes. Uh, quick to respond, um, able to spot a suspect like this very quickly because they're not trying to pick him out of the usual crowds that we see on Easter Monday. So this became a, a situation where lots of officers responded you know, you could see what their intention was. Their intention was to you know, put a physical perimeter around him so they couldn't harm yeah. anybody else. And I, I thought that was pretty courageous of the police to do that, continuously back off when he advanced with the knife. And then <clears throat> eventually this officer used the front end of his vehicle to knock him down and, and uh, they were able to apprehend him again without using lethal force. So I, I think it's a win-win situation for everybody. There were some witnesses saying that he was uh, yelling out that he was suicidal and um, wanted to go to a shelter. 
uh, you know, just be taken to a shelter. Uh, clearly, it, it wouldn't take a genius to understand that you're dealing with someone who is dealing with a mental health issue at that present time. Um, when you are dealing with a mental health issue like that, I think one of the questions is, you know, um, why use force at all? I think that's that's what some people are, are wondering is why use force at all? And, you know, is there no way to calmly talk to this guy or, you know, does that happen after you uh, get hit the weapon out of his hands? Yeah, Kelly, it's a case by case scenario. And, and what I saw as soon as that video started playing was that the scene was out of control and not because of the action of the police officers, but because of the actions of this individual, be it mental health or anything else, it doesn't really matter. Your duty is to protect the public and to apprehend this person as soon as possible uh, before he can injure another member of the public or, God forbid, a police officer. And it was a really tense, fast-flowing situation. Officers have to make split-second decisions. And again, I think what happened when he presented himself in front of that car, you could see they were even trying to corral him with the cars, yeah. which is a little bit more safer than using police officers' physical bodies to do that. And uh, I think somebody made a split-second decision that I would have done exactly the same thing if this guy walked in front of my car threatening and carrying a knife, wanting the police officers to kill him, uh, you know, suicide by a cop. I don't mm -hmm. think it's a bad scenario. You sip on the gas, you give him a bump, knock him, knock him to the ground, and, and then he's apprehended, you know, with fairly minor injuries, I would suspect, uh, rather than having to use lethal force. Nobody wants to do that. And it was clear no, none of these officers wanted to use lethal force here. They were... They were very restrained in, in the actions that they took. Dave, is crime up or down right now during this pandemic? Do you know? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I like you, follow very closely. And and uh, crime is, has taken to the back pages, of course, with uh, COVID-19 and, and this pandemic. But uh, I'm hearing different things. Obviously, uh, domestic violence is on the increase. Um, you know, some of the... Uh, thefts uh, auto thefts have risen dramatically through through the pandemic uh, but we'll have to wait for a month or two to see what the real figures are my guess is that we're probably trending uh, slightly upwards from our regular patterns mm -hmm. of crime do you think auto tr uh, auto crime is up because you know they can just you know pick and choose they you know a thief can basically just uh, drive around um, a neighborhood, figure out who has what car and realize, you know, if they are the cars that, you know, uh, start with a fob, uh, you know, if they have the technology, they can boost it. Yeah, I've heard, uh, you know, the use of fobs and I've, I've heard of certain streets being cleaned out of cars where they, the thieves walk down the street and they, there's so many cars parked around. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. They can choose whatever wow. cars they want and take them whenever they want. So there's still a lot of activity going on in the car theft area. I was watching with interest uh, the news release out of Winnipeg today where they had a horrible 24-hour period and a number of shootings, officer-involved shootings that came out of violent robberies and things like that. So there seems to be an escalation of some of the uh, liquor store robberies that they were, um, you know, that, that were right out of control back in November and December. And, and now they're at the point where, uh, you know, there's officer-involved shootings, there are armed robberies. It's, it's getting quite violent. David, I want to thank you for your time. It's always uh, interesting. You know, uh, one of the things that drives me crazy about videos that get put up and, on social media and shared on social media is you don't get context all the time because you, they start midway through something. You don't see what led to, uh, you know, what the scene is that you're watching or what happened after that scene. Yes, exactly. And the thing we all, all be thankful for is that the suspect wasn't seriously injured. There was no lethal force applied. And 
that all of those officers went home safe to their families. And that, I think that's what we have to measure. You know, the, the amount of force that was used, was it appropriate under the circumstances? In my view, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I'm really, I know we have a lot of uh, listeners that are police officers and boy, I'm thinking of, you know, they're the frontline workers that are essential that we need uh, right now. And they also are people with families and loved ones that are worried about going home. And, you know, we were talking about somebody uh, in Oakville being told to, you know, go home because he and his his buddies, his his kids rather, were uh, rollerblading in a parking lot of a closed community center. And they were told to go home after 45 minutes. And, you know, what the first thing he did is say, uh, who are we hurting? Instead of, yeah, okay, I'll go home. And I think, you know, there's already enough stress that our peace officers are under right now trying to make sure that, you know, we're all adhering to the rules and everybody is safe through a pandemic and also keeping themselves safe so that they can keep their families safe. I just don't know how, uh, you know, they do it on a daily basis without issuing a million tickets. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's always a bit of a, a catch-22 when you're you're trying to, you know, inform the public and educate the public, and then you get people that are resistant, and you know, you're left with no other option but to hand them a thousand-dollar ticket. There's no joy in that. There's no pleasure in doing that. Who wants to do that to a family? But when people won't listen and they're in a prohibited area and they want to stand there in front of their kids and teach their kids a bad lesson about arguing with the police when the police are justified, then I guess they're going to get what they deserve. And I saw that uh, video as well, and I, I felt bad for the guy, but. On the other hand, uh, he seemed to me to be pretty deserving of a ticket if he's not going to listen.